This is the Bama Podcast with Marty Solomon. I'm his co-host, Brent Billings. Today, we are wrapping up session six of the podcast and reflecting on where we've been. Yeah, so that's a thing. That's a thing I didn't see coming uh, yeah, well, not very long ago. Yeah, dear listener, as you as you saw this episode come in into your podcast app, what happened in your heart and your mind when you saw session six capstone? Well, <laughs> I will just say we're not done, so... <laughs> rest yes, easy right. i've had a lot of people um uh just practically say golly you know it's really hard to navigate through like if you're in the middle of session six it's just so long there's well over 100 episodes and when we started session six i had this really clever idea that it would be like this never-ending session like we would just spend the rest of our time doing postscripts that's what i wanted to do um and and then, you know, like a hundred and whatever episodes later into session six, it's like, man, this is a really long season. And uh, it's just, it's starting to get kind of like very <laughs> big. And then I think uh, we got together on a retreat we'll talk about here in a moment and some ideas. And we realized, hey, there's actually some other clever ideas we could use and maybe make better use of these sessions as well. So. Yeah, I didn't see it coming, but I, it feels really good. It feels good. And we'll talk more about session seven later. But um, uh, yeah, it feels good to be able to like put a put a bookend on this and be able to, you know, navigate a, a limited amount of episodes for session six. Yeah. So we just got back um, pretty recently from our planning retreat. That was a uh, I mean, I don't know how you felt about it, Marty. I had a great time. <laughs> I felt really refreshed. Oh, and, there was a lot of fun to be had. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, even with Reed Dent in the room, it was a great time to wow. be together. <laughs> Throw him right to the ground. Uh, yeah. It, I, I was just really encouraged. I, it was my first time meeting Reed Dent in person. That was actually really fun in that regard. Um, yeah. Got to meet a few other people as well. And uh, didn't get to meet any listeners, unfortunately. In case anyone's thinking, like, wasn't there something that I missed? No, there was nothing... We were, we were completely tied up the whole time, um, which isn't totally surprising. I'm sure there's probably <laughs> more, more conversations we could have had if we had more time as well. Um, but like one of the, one of the big things that we wanted to do was like, okay, what do we do going forward? How do we, how do we take what we've learned so far in session six? Um, how do we incorporate you know, the other voices that we have on the podcast with Reed and Ellen, Josh, like how's, how's all that stuff going? What, how are we going to structure the podcast? Are we going to end up having two podcasts? Are we going to start doing like stuff that's totally off the rails? And, uh, we decided not to do that. Uh, we are going to continue with one podcast feed. We'll, we're going to utilize bonus episodes, I think more often, um, to mix in stuff that isn't quite, you know, our core content ideas, um, but we're not, we don't really want to veer too far from what we've already done, I think is, is kind of the ultimate thing. And we don't want to, we don't want to burden each other. Like all of us, like Marty has, and we'll talk about this later, but Marty has limited time. All of us have limited time. And so we just want to say like, you know what, we, we can say this is enough and we don't actually, we don't need to constantly be doing more and more and more. Goodness, that sounds very Bema-y. That sounds very session one, episode one and two. That's yeah. very good of you. We we, we <laughs> knew is, when I to say I, enough. I didn't know I was going to say that, Marty. This is I this didn't is know I was going to say that. The thing about being an external processor, like 
the words just come out of my mouth and I'm like, oh, that was interesting. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I totally appreciate that too. I think there was a season there where I saw, I was just so amped over Elle and, and Josh and Reed, like having these extra voices and experimenting with the Bema liturgy and like the creative in me, you know, writing a book. And I was just like, oh my gosh, we could do all this stuff. And it was like, I just got all amped up and I saw all this potential and possibility and I wanted to have fun. Um, who doesn't want to have fun? And I thought, man, we need to. And so I got all like crazy about this second podcast feed. And we realized um, as we were all together, and I think I even realized even as I began that conversation it did. It felt very unbema. It wasn't rooted in Sabbath. It wasn't rooted in enough. It was a little too cranked up about production. And there's something that we do really well. And and that's en- it is enough. It keeps us plenty busy. None of us are sitting around with all this extra time we don't know how to kill. Um, and so, yeah. And so we said, yeah, let's stay with one podcast feed. Brent's quick to remind us. We can use bonus episodes. We're not going to overuse bonus episodes, and we're not going to do anything crazy and stupid in those bonus episodes that's going to make anybody uncomfortable either. We might we might maybe do a little bit more interviews or put our interviews in that space or whatever, but we 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 have we know what we do. We we got our thing. We do Bible-centric, text-centric content on Thursday mornings. And that's what we're going to keep doing, and we're going to put some fun stuff and chosen commentary and all that kind of thing. We're going to put those in bonus slots on Mondays or whenever. And, and, and that's what we'll do. So yeah. And and we planned out, we, we had like uh, at least a year and a half. I, I'm going to guess it's probably two years worth of material um, that we planned out for the future between all of us. Like we all had these ideas. I don't know if that surprised you, Brent, but we all had, you had ideas. Brent Billings had ideas. Like Reed had ideas and Josh had ideas. And it was not, it did not take long for us to say, hey, what would you want your next anthology to be? Like, what would you, what series would you lead us through? Everybody was quick on the trigger to know like exactly what they want, what they wanted to do. And, and that's just a good sign. It's bad when you have to say something. It's beautiful when you have something to say. And, uh, I felt like everybody had something that God had given them to say, and I'm excited about the next two years. It's going to be great. Can we can we give people a teaser on what your next big series is going to be on? I don't know if you've said this before. So yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna, and I'm assuming we'll talk about season seven. Well, yeah, not not season. I mean, I mean, you're big, like the people who have yeah. been paying like close attention to your Goodreads, like, yep. like oh, Marty's probably getting ready to talk about. <laughs> Probably getting ready to talk about Isaiah. Isaiah. Although if they've been paying attention to my Goodreads, they probably know uh, I haven't been finding many many good resources. Um, <laughs> Not a lot of gems so far. <laughs> the last the, there was a two part volume I read recently um, by I don't know how to say his name. I don't know if it's Cook or Koch or whatever. It's probably German. It looks like or European of some kind. Um, so I don't know how to say the name, but Claus from the I think it was eighty two is the copyright. But he had a little two volume work. Uh, his second volume was was really good. Almost got a fourth star out of me, um, and was very helpful. <laughs> a so really I good three star book. <laughs> was really good three star book. Um, and uh, yeah, I finally found a good resource. But yeah, I've been working through all my Isaiah resources and getting ready to do a series on Isaiah. We're not going to go verse by verse. I will not make that promise. We are not going to do verse by verse the prophet Isaiah, but uh, we are going to look a little bit more thoroughly at Isaiah than maybe we did. And I'm enjoying, I'm going to, I'm going to be in the prophets for a while in my own personal study. And I don't know what that's going to lead to over the next few years, but 
lots of stuff to talk about. So, well, before we get there, session seven is going to happen, and and uh, that specifically um, will be quite a bit different than everything that we've done before, and probably most of what will come after. Uh, we'll get into the details of what session seven will be like more next week as we introduce session seven. Yeah, we're just going to leave that hanging out there. We're going to talk more about. I, I'm I'm finally pleased with the session. I think we have a great idea for session seven. And uh, really excited about that. And and by the way, Marty's idea on Isaiah is just the tip of the iceberg because like, L had an idea and Josh had an idea and Reed had ideas. So um, I think Josh wanted to do some deeper dives on Sabbath maybe. Uh, what did Reed want to talk about? Reed wanted to talk about the Psalms, which is great because I don't want to talk about the Psalms. <laughs> it's one of my like least favorite parts of the Bible. Uh, nobody ever asks you that question. Everybody wants to know, like, what's your favorite part of the Bible, Marty? Nobody ever says, what's your least favorite part of the Bible? And for me, Psalms is pretty uh, pretty, pretty close to my least favorite part. And so I'm thrilled that Reed wants to lead us through um, a, a series on that in session eight and yeah, there's some really great stuff on the calendar, so I'm very excited about that. And we're all going to contribute to that. So Reed may lead a series, but all our voices will be in there uh, contributing, teaching, doing all that kind of stuff. So it's it's going to be an awesome time together as a team. I think maybe people see the Joshua episode and see that that's the hardest part of the Bible for you, but but then they don't think to ask, what is your least favorite? So yeah, there you go, it's I guess. true. It's true. That would be up there, too. So there you go. Getting getting that least favorite list right up there. So, you know, as a capstone episode, I think we do want to look back at session six and kind of consider what we've done. Uh, it was very experimental in a lot of ways. Golly, like, a lot of stuff happened in session six, didn't it? Yeah. And like Whew. you had sessions one through five was like the same material that you had been through three or four times yeah. before we started the yep. podcast. Like that stuff was, I mean, it was still evolving, like certainly. Yep. Um, you know, we've made some addendum videos on a few episodes for things that have changed, you know, maybe more dramatically. We've toyed even with the idea of going back and, and recording a a new iteration of those earlier sessions, just because of how much more we've learned since then. Talked about that at the retreat that could have, could happen in the next few years or so. We might start kind of revamping the, uh, Bema OG material and, and do it with the new, the, the whole team and, and just freshen it up and make it more accurate and more new and more evolved and just better. So yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. So we, we've, you know, been experimenting with a lot of stuff, different voices on the podcast, obviously uh, in the form of uh, new co-hosts, but also uh, guest interviews. We've talked to a lot of different people there. Um, you know, Marty's been making YouTube videos since that time, um, kind of running, you know, some different ideas through there. His big, series on the kingdom, you know, all kinds of stuff, uh, for video content. Marty wrote a book during session six. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We've got, uh, you know, we started doing transcripts for the episodes. We're up into somewhere in session three at this point with transcripts. So we're, you know, some, that's the, the ever, uh, it's the thorn in my flesh. Marty is what it is. (laughs) But it's the project that was always out in front of Brent, a long way out in front of Brent. You know, if I just, it's always been daunting, but if I just started earlier on, like we could be so much closer now, but anyway, it's okay. Just know everybody that we're still moving on that. Marty has done three transcripts this week, adding to the stockpile. So yes. we will keep moving. I'm almost done uh, doing my first pass. Almost. I'm hoping to be done 
session uh, with session three by the summer. Um, and then Brent does a final pass before he posts it. And that's, that's the process they're in right now. So, yeah. So we've done, we've done a lot of different stuff and I think that's good for different learning styles. Like one of the things that I was really excited about with the book, um, is just the fact that there are people who don't want to listen to a podcast or don't, they're not auditory learners. They want to, they want to read or people who are visual learners. And they, you know, even though you're just sitting there in a chair, like they'd rather watch a YouTube video and learn from that than listen to a podcast and try to figure out. I mean, I, I'm the kind of person when I listen to something, I got to be doing something, whether it's going on a walk or a drive or doing some dishes or laundry or whatever. Like I got to be doing something with my hands. Cause I can't, I'm not very good at just sitting there and listening. Um, so like that's, that's the beauty of this experimentation is getting, getting the podcast material yep. or getting the Bama material into all these different forms that make it more accessible to more people. Even something like the chosen, like, you know, we, we did season one as like primary episodes in the podcast. And I think we learned that it's like the chosen, not everybody watches the chosen. And so it's not necessarily good to like make that the only thing we talk about for eight straight weeks. Yep. So it's better as bonus episodes. You know, we learned that Yep. and that's fine. But yep. some people like being able to see it portrayed in that visual way is just so helpful yeah. for making the stories come alive. So it, it's just all these things that hopefully bring more people into the room, into the conversation. And uh, we've, we've definitely had some people like, oh, you should stick to Bible content. It's like, okay. I mean, sure. Like verse by verse through John very popular. Lots yep. of, lots of people enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. Yeah. Like we don't, we don't want to get away from that, but it's also good to feel the tension. I, I was struck by several people who made comments in the survey that we did. Yeah. And they're like, well, in my head, I want this to be two separate podcasts. I want you to keep the Bible stuff in one feed and keep your other stuff in another feed. But then in my heart, I realize that I never would have listened to that interview with that person. But when I did, it helped me see the world in a new way. It helped change me. And like, it wasn't always comfortable, but I felt challenged by it and it was good for me. And mm. so maybe it should be one feed because I need, I need to be taken into those conversations that I wouldn't otherwise have. Yep. So, ah, you know, we have these conversations through guest interviews. We have, you know, yep. ways to make the things that we talk about in Bama more practical. And even, you know, Josh has been working this very intentionally, into his Mishcon series where he has a whole section at the end of the episode where he's talking about, okay, how do we, what, what's the incarnation of this? How do we actually live this out? Like what it's, it's nice to like make this comparison between Genesis one and, and the tabernacle. But if we don't actually do anything with that, then, then it's a little bit silly. You know, we've been talking for a long time for no reason. <laughs> it's one of the wisest, um, most beautiful expressions of like all these teachers bring something to the table. And one of the things that Josh brings in his teaching that he's just aware of is a practical wisdom and application. And I love how he calls it incarnation. It's just beautiful. Cause I just love to get in here and nerd about Bible history and context and, and try to say it in a provocative way. And, and that's me. And I don't need to be anything other than me. I'm totally great with me being me. That's great. But what I love is Josh being Josh and he's bringing something he brought something fresh in the way that he did that. And uh, yeah, uh, I think we all like, we're learning from that. 
as the rest of the team. Not that we'll all do it the same way or try to be Josh, but we're all like, man, that's a great way to lead us pastorally as a teacher um, to apply the things that we're learning, not just learning. And and that's uh, – I love that you brought that up. So beautiful thing we've discovered in session six. And I don't know about you, but like – We've had a lot of interviews and some of those interviews for me have been a lot more fun and a lot more like, yeah, like that just resonates with me and who I am perfectly. And others where it's like, man, I don't know how comfortable I am with this conversation or this topic or whatever. Like, and that's like, we're hopefully challenging ourselves just as much as we're challenging you. Yeah. And yeah. And I, maybe it's just me being in the executive producer seat. Uh, I wish I cared just a moment of vulnerable honesty. I wish I cared less because I, I definitely have lived in the tension you're talking about. And then there's another layer of tension of like, Oh crap. How are, how's everybody going to respond to this? Um, and, and I wish I could let that go even more because there's such good uh, wrestling to be done just outside of the chair of producer Um because, yeah, you're right. It's just been some great formative conversations. And, yes, some that have been like, yeah, preach it. Go, go, go. And some that have just been, man, I, I need to hear that. I need to wrestle with that. Um, and that's on purpose. We, we, I mean, we could, be, we could be more intentional about choosing people we would only fist pump, you know, as we heard them talk. But we're also here to challenge all of our conceptions, ourselves included. So, yeah, it's beautiful. And I will just say, it's okay if you don't like every episode. It's okay if you don't uh, feel like you have anything to take away from every single episode. Uh, sometimes sometimes it's just not going to fit your life situation. Sometimes the way something is talked about is just not going to resonate with you as much as others. Like It's okay if Elle is your favorite teacher on the podcast because the way she talks about things uh, works in your mind better. Like we could be talking about the exact same thing. And even like when we went through John, like we, the Marty and I and Reed talked about John six in a particular way. And then Josh is like, well, I've got some different ideas on that. And Josh came back and looked at John six again in a different way. And some people are going to be like, Oh, that's kind of weird. I kind of liked how Marty and Britton Reed talked about it the first time. And then other people would be like, oh, but Josh had this other thing and like, oh, that just totally. So it's okay. Like, you you know, we're all here. We're hopefully all making each other better. Um, but that's going to look different for each one of us, depending on our situations, depending on our backgrounds, depending on our our interests. And that's all okay. That's that's the tension that we have to live in as a community because we're not all exactly the same. And not only is it okay, it's all, like it should be more normal and it should be more what we expect. And like if this can happen just in the Baymoss space alone, like imagine how many other things are out there, like other resources, other faith communities, other spaces that you occupy where the same things are also true. And so this becomes hopefully like a safe space where we can understand that experience it so that we can also experience it and lead in it elsewhere when we leave these Bema spaces. Because this space is meant to equip us for something else. Like we are not meant to live in this Bema space all the time. This space is a tool and a resource that God wants to use in so many other ways. And it should be more normal for us and it's not, and it's not your fault or my fault, listener or or me. Um, 
we, we should just, it should be more normal that we disagree with stuff. It, it should be more normal that there were, that there would be an episode that you'd be like, ah, oh, that was not my episode. I actually did not like that episode. That should be more normal than it is. I think, um, I still, I still think about an email I got where it was like, man, 200 and whatever episodes and you lost me here and I quit listening. Um, and I was like, you have got to be kidding me. So 200 episodes were, according to this person's language, like flawless, perfect one episode and your journey stopped. Like that should be more normal. Like we should agree. We, we should like have episodes where like, ah, yep, Marty's nuts. He lost me on that one. Um, that should be that should be more normal for us. Um, it should not. See, now I'm getting all weird about this, Brent. But <laughs> when I heard you say it's okay. It's not only okay. It's like, of course, I just want, it's not only okay. It's like, yes. And this should be happening all the time. Like there just should be conversations, episodes, things you're engaging where, yeah, I hope that a majority of it is beautiful and edifying and enjoyable and all the things, maybe even entertaining in moments. Um, But, but there should also be these moments along the way where it's like, oh, that was, that was not it for me that the, there was some dissonance there. That's not my path. It's not my tone. It's not my conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's yes. If, if we're not having those moments, then the thing we're doing is, is too cultish. It's too Marty and Brent can do no wrong. Bama is awesome. Like those things should just be normal. It should just be normal. It should be normal in every church, every space, every community, every resource, Every book you read, there should be parts of the book, a chapter that you're like, ah, that was not my, if everything is always perfect, always right, always good. Nah, 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 not that. (laughs) There you go, Brent. There's my deep wisdom. Have you, uh, have you watched Seinfeld? Was that ever part of your, um, TV viewing habits. I can't say that I have this like working encyclopedia like knowledge, but I'm definitely familiar with many Seinfeld episodes. Okay. Well, I mean, this is a very general thing throughout the whole show, but like Jerry has these girlfriends and whenever he finds something weird about them or or (laughs) whatever, like he breaks up, like there's no, can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah. And like my, my parents got divorced when I was in fifth grade and I think I saved up and got a TV like maybe the next year for Christmas or something. And Seinfeld was one of the shows that I started watching. I was also a total nerd. Like I would wake up like before school so I could watch like good morning America and the today show, uh, before I went to, to school. But like I was watching Seinfeld and I did not realize like, like my parents didn't, I don't think they really intentionally taught me anything about you know, being in a relationship properly, I was, you know, watching, watching the, uh, fallout of the divorce and all this stuff. And I'm like subconsciously learning how to have a relationship through watching Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. It sounds so ridiculous, but like I, it was, it was not intentional, but that, then I started dating when I was in high school and in college and like, that is totally how I did it. And I was, you know, I'm, I was, yeah, I was like a total romantic from the beginning. When I was 14, I thought I was going to be married by the time I was out of high school or not out of high school, but like as soon as I got out of high school, like I'd be married at 18. So I, I always had this, like this view of like, oh, marriage is, 
you know, forever and I'm, I'm going to be totally committed. But then at the same time, I had this subconscious thing going on where it's like, oh, if there's any conflict, if there's anything wrong with this person, then this is obviously not the right person. And so I don't know, half a dozen girls I dated, like everything was fine until something was not. And then it's like, okay, well, that's the end. There was no, no attempt at conflict resolution, no attempt at living in the tension. And like, that is so dysfunctional. If we cannot, if we cannot figure out how to reconcile our differences. And that's the thing about Seinfeld is like, sometimes those differences were very minor. (laughs) So that's, that's part of the comedy of the show is how it's like, oh, well, everything's great. But the way she holds a fork is just, I can't handle it. (laughs) You know, sometimes it's that stupid. Um, Yeah. But like, that's, that's how I, that's how I learned to to have relationships. And it's like, that's not, that's not good. Like we got to be able to disagree with each other and figure out a way to, to move forward together. And it doesn't mean everybody's going to change and become all the same. Like we're not, there's, there's no way we're not all going to become the same. So how do we live together? How do we develop a healthy community and how do we make each other better in that process? To be confident in our own awareness of what we think and our own opinions and convictions important or unimportant, significant or insignificant, and also be generous in the fact that there are other ways of coming to different opinions and different convictions, some of them significant and insignificant, but to be confident in our own and generous towards everybody else's so that when you hear stuff, you're like, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, I could see why you would think that. I don't, but it's irrelevant. Like you think that and that's wonderful, beautiful. And I don't even have to say anything. I don't even have to write the email. I don't have to like, let somebody know that I didn't like it. I can just like, I can just not like it. <laughs> it's possible to just like not like stuff and just move on and wait for, wait for the next installment, the next episode, the next video. Um, that's, that's normal. I think that's more normal. And there's this weird thing where it's like, I have to, I have to voice my opinion. And sometimes it's helpful and sometimes it's constructive. Uh, and then sometimes it's like, no, just just have that opinion and move along and the next thing will be the next thing. Well, speaking of the next thing, looking to the future a little bit, Marty. Well, by the way, we mentioned, we mentioned the book tour. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Right. That happened during session six. Right. Um, and I don't necessarily have necessarily a whole lot that I have to talk about. You can link. I just posted recently, um, uh, a blog post you can link in the show notes, kind of going over our book tour experience, but, it was wonderful. Um, I mean, I don't have like a whole lot of data. Everybody wants to know like, well, how's the book going? How is it selling? And I, I don't really know. Like there are some metrics out there. I know that it's doing well. Um, I know that according to all the different ways you might, you know, it's my first time book. I'm a first time author. I know according to all those things and all those metrics it's doing really well. Um, don't really have a lot to say about that, but stuff is going well. And a lot of that is just um, because of, of you all um, and your support a great launch team, all the things that were awesome. But tour was great. And I I thoroughly enjoyed, we covered a lot of ground in 90 days. Like I was all over from East to West, all kinds of different places. And when you say, when you say we, tell me who was involved in these stops. Oh, all kinds of things. Uh, A, me on almost every one of them. (laughs) (laughs) And then some of them, uh, I had my family with me. They were like, my family got to go with me on the opening weekend in Kokomo, Indiana, which feels like a decade ago, but it was only February. Um, 
but my family was there. My family was on uh, spring break with me through Texas when we got to go through um, Houston and Austin, San Antonio and Galveston. My family was with me for that. Um, but then like all the other legs, I, I would often have a companion uh, with me on those stretches. So uh, one of my good friends, Peter Hartwig, endorsed the book. Um, and he was with me for my whole uh, trip through North Carolina. It was a great week. It was a ton of fun. Uh, Jeff Vanderlaan was with me at all my stops in Atlanta. Um, yeah, I feel like on a lot of my stops, I had a friend, a roadie, a companion. And that was good in a lot of ways, even though my introvert was like screaming, just leave me alone. Um, a lot of them were good friends and it was beautiful. And uh and, and a great time. So yeah, that was the we, uh, I got to meet so many of you people out there. Uh, and you're right, Brent, the book is beautiful. Cause there's a lot of people that very deeply identify as Bama podcast listeners that are not and have not. And I would imagine probably will not listen to 340 episodes of the Bama podcast. There are so many of you, by the way, that do <laughs> some of you more than once. It's incredible. Um, but then there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I love the Bay Mob podcast. I am a listener and never got out of season one, which is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful that they found a tool and a resource that was defining for them in their walk. Um, but the book is a helpful tool because they, they may never make it through 110 episodes to find out about Pardes. Like they might. And so the book's been really cool in that regard and being able to hear people interact with it in that way. It's been awesome. Uh, it was a great reminder that people are what matter. The The substance of what we do, the content of the podcast and Bema study and the hermeneutics and all the things, they only matter because they help people, because people are the thing that matter. And uh, the book tour is... I mean, I could just sit in my room and write books and report podcasts and just kind of do my my creative stuff from my studio. And it, I'd be super content, by the way. That'd be great. My family would love it. I'd be home all the time. Um, but getting out on the road reminds me that there's like people, people. And, uh, and, and the people are what matter. The content is not that big of a deal. And the content's going to be wrong. And we're going to learn new stuff every day, every decade, every year. And 400 years from now, we're going to look like idiots. Like there's so much we don't know. But people is why why trying to know matters, um, and and that's what we do. So yeah, the book tour is great for that, and and it was great just to to hear everybody. We're all asking the same questions. I mean, there are unique questions. Don't get me wrong, but at all these stops, I mean, I don't know what I made like forty stops over the course of ninety days, something like that, forty two or something. Um. And at almost every one of those stops, we would have a Q&A of some kind. And it's like the same, we're all wrestling with the same stuff. Like there's a, there's a solidarity, there's a common human experience we're all having. And I find that oddly um, uh, assuring, uh, comforting to know that we're not crazy and there's not some wacky corner where everything's going sideways. It's going sideways for all of us in different ways. And we're all finding God in similar ways. And uh, those, are, those are some of my biggest takeaways from the book tour. So yeah, that's what it was like for the last three months. 
I love it. You also did a recap video with Becky on YouTube. I'll, I'll link that. In yeah, there. you can throw that in the show notes too. You can hear, you can hear some of Beck's perspective. Okay. So now to the future, Marty. Ah, the future. A future perhaps with more books and more book tours. So, you know, maybe, maybe we'll hear see. about that again at some point. Um, hopefully I can join you for some of those future book tour stops. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. And not, not anytime soon. Don't, if everybody's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Don't worry. It's going to be a long time before you hear me talk about a book. So it'll be okay. <laughs> yes. Um, we do have a lot of ideas that came out of the retreat, though. Uh, some of those ideas are a lot closer than others. You know, you're going to yes. hear you're going to yep. hear about what session seven is just next week. Um, you know, you're going to be hearing about some other stuff maybe in the next year. Uh, but there's there's a lot of stuff that we're like wrestling with the ideas of. Um, but one one of the things that we um, have been talking about, one of the things that Marty's been considering as he's gone through this Sabbath year process. Um, getting ready to go into his um, full sabbatical for the next uh, 100 days. He's actually, by the time you hear this, he'll actually have already started that. Um, and we'll talk more about that next week as well. Um, but yep. there, there's this thing that we've come to realize is organizationally as Impact Campus Ministries, Marty being the president of it, he is tied up in a lot of ways with administrative work, with executive type work for the organization level. And one of the things that we want to do is hire one or two more people at Impact who can take over some of those roles and responsibilities. Uh, I don't know that necessarily uh, your position will change as president or not. Uh, I, I've literally not even talked about that. I don't know why I'm saying that out loud right now. <laughs> who knows? We don't know what's going to happen, but we do want to. We do know that Marty has too much stuff on his plate, and so we want to. Um, we want to make a couple of hires and and get Marty more time to focus on content, to, to focus more on developing material that we can share with listeners, with readers, with uh, viewers, whatever. And and um, yeah, so that that's our goal at this point. Like people have been so generous, like when when Marty first asked in late 2019, um, if if everyone would support um, Bama in a way that could make it a job for Brent Billings and people have so generously responded and we've been able to, um, actually not only bring me on full time, but we have a couple other staff who've come on as a result of that. Um, basically anyone, if you've donated to Bama, you've probably already heard from Brian Treshinger. We've, you know, he was on one of our episodes. We got to introduce him, um, back in the Tohu Vavohu episode, <laughs> I think that was 307 or whatever. I'll, I'll link that in the show notes. Um, but yeah, we, we've been able to add a couple of people already and um, we want to do more with that. We want to, we want to shift Marty's time and um, like Marty's a teacher. Marty is uh, you know, he has these particular skills and administration is something that he's actually, I think he's actually very good at. I think he's good with the uh, interpersonal, stuff he's good with managing like vision and direction and all that stuff but but there's also stuff that he's doing that's really not his forte and and really probably should be somebody else and i don't know marty and i both struggle with this we both have the type of personality where we want to do things ourselves and um unfortunately that is not always healthy <laughs> um so yeah like that that's the thing and whether you want to 
like whatever your focus is as a listener, as a supporter, if you want to support Marty, like you can support Marty or you can support me or you can just say, you know what? I, I don't care what happens. Like I just want to support Bama in general. Or if you just say, you know what? I'm actually pretty passionate about campus ministry and college students and making sure that they're um, pastored and taken care of like at an on-campus level. And I just just love that idea of campus ministry in general. Like you could donate to the general fund of Impact Campus Ministries. There's lots of ways that you can do it, but whatever you do, that support is going to turn into um, making Marty's life situation healthier making his job healthier and making our team stronger. So yeah, I think, uh, that's, that's, that's what I'm asking. I don't, we don't necessarily have the exact numbers. We don't have exact people in mind, but we know at this point that that's, that's Marty's position and we need to, we need to make some adjustments to that. So if anyone is interested, um, like by all means, talk to us about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give some, some word to that as well. Um, I uh, was w- wondering there if Brent was firing me there for a moment. I was like, is Brent terminating my position <laughs> in the campus ministry? Um, I don't know. I don't so, know what those conversations have been. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Well, no, they've been they've been beautiful. And actually, right after the Bema retreat, I stuck around and the Impact Campus Ministries executive team came in and we chatted too. And one of the beautiful things that came out of that is there's a complete consensus, uh, you know, amongst the leadership of Impact Campus Ministries that that Bema has been very helpful in this thing that God is doing and something that I don't just thrive in, but everything else thrives in when Marty is serving in that capacity, when I'm serving in that capacity, uh, the team has complete agreement. Like that is good for all of us. And it's, it's not good for all of us. If we pull you out of that space and force you in these other spaces that others could be helping you with, um, and so, yeah, there are things that people can help me with. There are, there are executive level duties that, that other people could be sharing and, and doing. And so we do, we have wanted to, for the last little while, we've been looking at hiring at least one, uh, if not two more positions that could help with that at Impact Campus Ministry. So what that does is it frees me up to live more in these spaces that serve all of us really well, um, and that's Bema, and that's resource creation, and that's creative leadership for Bema and for Impact. Like those are the places where we all know I thrive, and we all benefit from that. And so we had a like we we had a goal. We wanted to do that this coming budget year, um, which is starting almost as you listen to this episode. The fiscal year is rolling over, and we didn't quite have enough to to get that done. And so we're looking at trying to do that next year. We're hoping that more money will continue to come in. There's been a consistent giving curve. Um, and, and you guys are all very generous and we just start wanting to communicate that that generosity is not only appreciated, it's needed, it's useful. Um, we don't have enough right now to make those moves right now, but we are on a trajectory to make those moves hopefully next year. And, uh, and so when you give, if you're a new giver, you are like making a significant difference. We, uh, we're, we're falling just about, you know, uh, about $200,000 just in our overall budget, uh, short of being able to hit those goals. We're not short in our budget. Like that's just not how we operate. That's, that's never <laughs> just so you guys know, um, like my strategy, my philosophy on, 
finances. I do not like to spend money that God hasn't given us. So I am not out there uh, just hiring people and spending money and then coming back to you guys being like, we need more money. We need more money. Um, I want to steward what God has given us. That's my budgeting philosophy. And so we wait for that money to kind of be, to be present and to be coming in and to be here so that I can steward what God's giving us through you. Um, I kind of always hated it when church leaders kind of go out and they spend money on faith is the phrase that gets used. And, and we spend all this money we don't have. And then we keep coming to those same people groups saying, we need more money. We need more money. Um, I just love to steward people's generosity because that's what God, that's what God's asked us to do. God's asked us to be generous. And then God's asked us to steward that generosity. Well, and, um, so that's what we're going to keep doing. We're not spending money we don't have, and that money's not in yet. And we're pretty confident it's going to come in, but we're not going to spend it unless it does. Because uh, I don't want to put that burden on. Uh, hopefully, you have not heard us just constantly talking about how we need more money. What you've hopefully heard from us is that we're thankful for your generosity. Um, and somewhere in the midst of that, we want you to know that it's it is beautiful. It's appreciated. It's needed. And we do have things that we are trying to do and wanting to do should more come in. And whether more comes in, we're going to leave up to the Lord and what he wants to do. So I don't know if that helps give some context from my seat to what Brent was just saying, but your your financial support has been unbelievably encouraging. Uh, it's been unbelievable in what it's been able to do. Uh, these staff positions that Brent talks about, they're, they're people with names and stories and they're members of a team now and they're part of a community. And it just means a lot to all of us. Uh, it's not that they just have a paycheck or a job, but we're actually a part of this thing that we love. And uh, we love the people that are a part of it every single day with us. And so that's what we want to spend more money on. Uh, we're not going to spend a bunch of money on marketing or advertising or podcast mics or uh, fancy technology. We're going to try to spend it mostly on people because people are what make the difference. And, uh, that's what I want to do. I don't know, Brent, if I made it worse or better, but there you go. <laughs> well, and I will just say like for a hot minute there, we had, um, more generosity than we knew what to do with. And, uh, I, you know, we were, we were surprised at how many listeners we had when we switched our hosting platform and started to see yep. some of those numbers. And, yep. you know, Marty, like I, it was like two months between when Marty first mentioned that uh, I could do this full time as my job um, to when I actually came on staff, like just wild generosity um, from the start. And so we've had to, we've had to catch up on that a little bit and um, develop some vision and, and work out some dreams and, like we've, we've implemented some of that already. Um, like Brian has been, I cannot emphasize how helpful Brian has been to our, our team in the sense that like, he is so focused on, okay, what are the things that only Brent Billings can do? Let's make sure he's doing that stuff and the stuff that we could get somebody else to do. Let's move that stuff. And, you know, sometimes that's a little hard for me to let go of things, <laughs> but like that is, that is so good for our team. And Brian's doing that with Marty. He's doing like Brian's and he's also just a workhorse himself. Like the stuff, the amount of productivity he has is just incredible. Like, ah, like the, the, every, every dollar that we've spent on Brian has, has come back so much more like the value that we've gotten out of, out of his efforts on the team is just unbelievable. And so like God is, 
continuing to bring um, generous listeners to us and um, and continuing to bring us the right people who have made our team so much better. And so, yeah, we are we we have we spent the time at the retreat and we have vision for the future and we're going to, we're going to be ready when, um, when God brings that, if God brings that, if he wants to bring that. So, um, yeah, we are, we're so thankful, um, for anyone who even listens, whether you give or not. And, and for the people who like, it just, to me, it just says like, like I knew how much I believed in, in the way that we talk about God and how compelling that is and and the narrative of God and what the story that he's, he's been telling throughout human history. Like I knew what that meant to me, but I didn't know if that was necessarily going to resonate with everyone. And, and obviously it's not everyone, but like when people give, I'm just like, okay, whatever, whatever the amount is, like we know that you believe in, in what we're doing. And so Hopefully we will just continue to steward um, what God has given us uh, financially and, and in vision and um, in relationships and and just move forward. Amen. We should probably get people out of here. They're probably tired of listening to us talk. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, session seven is coming and session eight after that. Uh, we'll, we'll tell you all those details um, next week. But for now, that will do it for us. Uh, new new way that I'm going to close the show, Marty. Um, fi- finally Ooh. figured this out. I I really probably should have been doing this for about three years. <laughs> it's okay. Fits our MO. BayamontDiscipleship.com. The website has everything. I've said that many times. But what I've never said before is that we have the contact page on the website. And whenever you are listening to this, whether you're listening to this the week that it comes out or three years later, if you go to that contact page, Whatever is on there is going to be the best way to get a hold of us. Right now, there's a form to send us an email, and uh, if that changes, it will won't be a form, and it will be will point you to whatever the best way to get a hold of us is. Um, so do that. Go to the contact page on the website. That will be how you get in touch. So thanks for joining us on the BMO podcast. We will talk to you all again soon. Trushinger, you you called him a workhorse. <laughs> could not could not agree more. What what uh what an amazing human being. But I mean, <laughs> have you ever had a workhorse that has like a, a thing about it? Like I don't know, like a workhorse that just
<laughs> always pulls to the right or has a lame leg or <laughs> like and and Can't. you feel bad because the workhorse is such a good <laughs> so, I mean just such a good workhorse but you just kind of feel bad I mean he is a Chiefs fan so <laughs> uh, I was wondering how long it would take you to say that um yeah <laughs> hopefully workhorse is not an offensive term I don't know uh yeah well anyway. the Chiefs are so there you go <laughs> the Chiefs is uh uh okay now now yeah all right all right let's 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 pull this back.